Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Jessie Da Silva, a business consultant and money mindset coach dubbed the Millennial Money Witch by Forbes. How cool is that? She guides entrepreneurs to start and scale profitable businesses without burning out. Since becoming a coach, Jessie has been featured in BuzzFeed, Forbes, and Yahoo Finance. Her first book, The Witch's Way to Wealth, debuts in September 2023 and covers money mindset, personal finance, quantum physics, neuroscience, and all the weird witchy stuff you wish you knew about money. In this interview, Jessie shares her spares for financial abundance while unlocking your inner villain is key to success and a lot more. Let's dive in. Hi, Jessie, and welcome to the podcast. So thrilled to have you here. We have so much to discuss, but before, can you please share with our listeners who you are, your story, and how you came to do this work? Well, that's an open-ended and loaded question because <laughs> I'm a chatty Kathy, so I'm going to try and keep it short. I've been in business for about three years now. I'm known as the Millennial Money Witch, which I'm sure you guys heard already, but that was a name given to me by Forbes for my unique brand of consulting, coaching, however you want to look at it. So I teach through the lens of money manifestation and magic because that's what I bring to it. That's how I like to think of the world. Now, I call I consider a lot of things magic. So hard business strategy to me is just as magical as a magic spell. But it's through a three-point formula. And that is to, one, align your intentions, two, embody them deeply, three, take inspired action daily. And how I arrived at this place is that a little bit before I started my business, so I'd say like maybe around like four years ago. So within the year before I started my business, I knew that I wasn't happy in my career or my job. I like to say that I tried every facet of my career before I decided that the problem wasn't necessarily the job. It wasn't necessarily the career. It was that I was not made for traditional employment. And I think I knew that. I think I've always known that. And there was always a fear around what that means because that's a less predictable or I guess mapped out career plan, right? It's definitely something that you create for yourself rather than following a prescribed order of success. So I had been a lawyer and a journalist and I tried all these different areas and finally wound up in this job that I knew I wasn't good at. I wasn't good at it. And I loved the people. I loved the place I worked, 
but I knew it was a bad fit. I knew it about a month in and I stayed anyway. I stayed because I was afraid. I was afraid of what it would mean to leave and to not know what I was leaving for. So a few months before I went full-time into my business, I took on a few like pro bono clients because I was like, I think I would love coaching people. So I'm going to try that. I did. It lit me up like nothing else had. And around that time, I had really had a spiritual awakening where I found myself using new tools, digging into topics that I'd always loved and never really paid a lot of attention to. So that was manifestation. It was magic of all sorts. So like literal magic and then more of like, I would say like science. So like quantum physics and things like that, because as any good witch knows, science is magic and magic is science. So understanding all of that. And I found myself bringing that to my clients where I explained to them the importance of their mindset. And I explained to them like the energetics around money. And I would pull on all of these weird different sources. So I knew that that's what I was heading into. My first iteration of this was as a job hunt coach, because I had developed my own system for finding jobs through networking rather than just applying to hundreds of open jobs and hoping something would happen. And so that was like what I initially felt confident doing. And a week after hiring a business coach who was, who I picked up to like, you know, I want to do this right the first time. I want to make sure that it's profitable. A week after hiring this person and charging $6,000 to my credit card, I was fired from that job. <laughs> so I actually took that as a sign that I was meant to go jump off the cliff and go feet first right into this new endeavor. That's what I did. Of course, about eight to nine months in, the COVID pandemic hits. And I was like, well, then nobody's going to be hiring anybody for jobs anytime soon. So now I'm going to need to pivot. So thankfully, I had just spent about eight to nine months trying to figure out how to start an online business and make money online and made loads of mistakes. So that's what I started teaching, how to take your expertise, no matter what it was, and start making money online because people needed that. That got a little formulaic for me after a while. So then I started talking about, okay, how do we scale it? And how do we do so in a way that doesn't require you to burn out and to hustle and put in 14 hour days? How can you make more money with less of a time investment? Because nobody starts a business because they want to spend every waking hour working on their business. They start businesses because they want some modicum of freedom in their lives. So that became a bit of what I do. I brought back the job hunting when the job market turned back around. And now I do a little bit of everything. And that's the beauty of having my own business is that I get to teach all kinds of people because the principles of magic and money and manifestation don't really change based on the way that you make money. I love the story and so inspiring. I want to acknowledge you for always being willing to try and pivot, which I know it's scary, but I also hear you saying that follow the signs. You were laid off and said, okay, I'm just going to go all in. That just never giving up, but we were just trying new things. And I also love that 
your call the Midbenjamin witch. I think that is so amazing. And I am curious because for me, I know that when I started talking a bit more about energetics and some of the mindset stuff, I had some limiting beliefs, some fears that I would come across as a bit too hoo-hoo. And is there something that you add as well? Absolutely, because that's all part of it. When I talk about aligning your intentions, at first blush, it might sound like, oh, well, obviously I want money. So why would I not be making money? Like, boom, intentions aligned. But really what I mean by that is that you have to believe it, not just on the conscious level where you're like, of course, I want money. I want to be rich. That would be amazing. It's also at the subconscious level acknowledging where those limiting beliefs are, learning not only how to release them, but how to work with them while they're still there, right? Because it takes it, it takes a little bit of time for you to not only see what's lurking beneath the surface, but to work with them and then finally get over that hump so it becomes believable. That's where the embodiment aspect comes in because you can't just think it, and you can't just do the work to find those limiting beliefs and release them. It doesn't, it's not like turning on a switch and, oh, suddenly I believe these new thoughts or these new beliefs. You have to learn how to live them every day and set up your environment in a way to support that belief. You have to almost be the person who believes it before you ever really believe it deep down. And that requires this tricky balance between acknowledging that you're not all the way there yet and honoring the fact that for whatever reason you can't go all the way right now, but still loosely hanging on to the hope that that's where you're headed, right? That's part of the trick to it. So that's exactly what it is, is that you have to identify the limiting beliefs. That's part of magic. If you were to cast a spell and like even the tiniest little bit of you thought that you didn't deserve the results or you were afraid of a different result happening and you were more afraid subconsciously than you were believing of it and trusting of it, that's when a spell can go wonky. So it's the same thing in business. You can have the best social media strategy in the world, but if some part of you doesn't think you deserve it, doesn't think you have something important to say or doesn't think it's going to work, you're not going to get the results from that strategy. There is so much to unpack here. And I'm really glad that you brought up the embodiment part, because especially online, there is so much noise around. You just have to think with success, you just have to change those stories. But then if you don't put the new story in practice, you're not going to go anywhere. What are the main limiting beliefs that you see entrepreneurs struggle with? Oh man. I mean, there are a lot of them, especially regarding money, entrepreneurship, business. I would say the most common ones are, are really that you don't deserve it or you don't deserve to be rich. That's one. And that can often come from something in your background. Maybe it's like the only rich person in your family is your uncle who's an asshole and you don't want to be anything like him. So very basic as a kid thinking in black and white terms, you were like, 
well, if I don't want to be an asshole, then I don't want to make money. And that inner child who's still living inside of you is calling the shots now saying, no, 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 I can't be rich because I don't want to be like uncle asshole. Right. So there's that. Another big one is, is that rich people are bad. Right. Like, so even think, I mean, even think about a lot of the stuff we, we talk about now politically eat the rich and talking shit about a lot of these billionaires who deserve it. Okay. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not saying they don't. Okay. But there's a big difference between the exploitive practices of billionaires and like being wealthy enough to provide for yourself and provide for others. And that's the other thing is that in order to overcome that, like thinking of the, I don't want to be a rich person because being rich is going to make me selfish or it's going to corrupt me somehow because rich people are bad, whether that's something you picked up as a kid or something you picked up politically as a young adult or an old adult, doesn't matter. Really like what you have to learn there is how money is going to put you in the position to fulfill your ultimate purpose. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm doing it for my kids. Here a lot of people try to say that. And it's a wonderful sentiment, right? Like I, I completely understand how tempting that is. But when we're talking about like really digging into a soul mission, it has to be so important that the part of you that's unattached to money, that highest self who's like, well, who even needs money? Money is just like, as long as I have a roof over my head and food in my fridge, it doesn't matter. We have to get that version of ourselves motivated by the massive impact and change we can make in the world. And that if that is your kids, it's not just I'm doing it for my kids. It's that I feel like my entire purpose on this planet is to create the environment for these lives to evolve into these unique people and go out there and make an impact. Like that's my legacy. Generally for a lot of people, when they dig into it, what they see is money empowers me to change the world. And if I were rich, I could literally give tons of money away to people to change their lives. I mean, Dolly Parton is a great example of that. You know, she could have easily been a billionaire a long time ago if she hadn't given so much of her money away and funded so many amazing projects. So those are things to keep in mind. But those are the biggest ones is the I don't deserve money for whatever reason or rich people are bad. And I'd say, yeah, those are the classic ones. And I think everybody has a degree of one of those inside of them. Oh, absolutely. It is so easy to, again, to to judge people with money and some of them to deserve it that we forget that by staying poor, by saying, I don't want to be like that, you are not making any difference at all. You would actually make more of a difference, as you pointed out, if you add the money and you used it for good. Especially, right. especially right. for us women, when we make more money, we give back so much to the community. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that we can't think our way there. That's the other part of it is that people think, well, I need to have my mindset totally on board with this. It needs to be, it needs to feel super believable, right? Because a lot of people who want to change the world, they think of it in grand terms, right? Well, I want to have enough money that I could call up a local school and pay off some 
I don't know, lunch debts or like I would be able to sponsor a family for something, right? Like people think of it at those grand terms. And so they don't do anything on the way there that makes it more believable. But the other part of that is the inspired action. So sometimes it's even just learning, like I can give, it's safe for me to give $20 a month to a cause that I care about. Even just starting with something small, or if you really have no money whatsoever to spare, plenty of people are in that position, giving of your time, of your advice in a way that you are reminded that you always have something to give. You can't just make the leap from, okay, well, I need to be rich if I want to change the world. And so until I'm there, I just need to keep hustling until I get to that point. No, you have to find that version of it now. You have to find that smaller version right now because living through that, if you were to like give a little bit of money that felt like a stretch to donate or however you want to use it, and you realize that you're fine after it, even if you like overdraft your bank account or something ridiculous happens, an unplanned expense comes through and you're like, man, I really could have used that $20. I really could use that $50, whatever it was. When you live through it and everything works out okay on the other end and you survive, your brain goes, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad. I can do it again. It's safe for me to do it again because I lived through this experience, whether it was a good or bad result. That's the part where most people stop, right? Because it is easy to do affirmations and just repeat things in your head, new beliefs in your head. But the brain really needs proof. You need to put yourself in a situation and act like the person already has it so that your brain can fully believe those affirmations and you can truly start changing your behaviors and your life. And so for someone who is scared of putting this work into practice, do you have any tips or magic spells that they use? <laughs> oh, I have so many. I will say that it doesn't always require you to do money, okay? You don't always have to spend money in order to get the result. So for example, say when you think about your life where it's like, when I'm my fully successful self, I'm going to have someone who comes and cleans my house twice a month or like once a week. I don't know, whatever. And you're nowhere near being able to afford somebody to come by and do your laundry. Like you can't even drop off your laundry, much less, much less pay somebody to come clean your home. There are innovative ways to give yourself that result. So you could, for example, say you love to cook. I love to cook. So that's why I'm using this as an example. I love to cook, but I hate to clean. So it would be so easy for me to trade with a friend who doesn't cook. And I could say, hey, would you be open to like cleaning my floors? Bare minimum, that's a thing I don't like to do is like sweeping, mopping and vacuuming. Would you be willing to clean my floors once a week and I'll make you some dinners that you can take home? and have for the week. So now I get the experience of having someone cleaning my home without spending any money instead of spending my time, right? So simple things like that, where you can give yourself a taste of the life that you're calling in, that is going to affect you the same way a magic spell is going to, because it's going to make you feel like, oh my God, wow. Like I, I'm seeing what it's like to have that life. As far as spells go, 
You want to keep it really simple if you're just starting out. I will say that there's a saying a lot of people have, which is like, be careful what you say because everything is a spell. Well, if that were the case, then the world would be in total chaos because we say tons of things we don't mean all the time. So I would rather say things said and done with intention are spells. So people underestimate this one, but cleaning your house, this sounds so ridiculous, but decluttering or cleaning your house is a massive, is a massive spell that you can do. When you clean back from the back of your house toward the front door, you're taking all of the gross stagnant energy and bringing it out of the house. So there's that, especially like if you clean the pantry and the fridge, there's something in witchcraft that connects money with food. So I believe it's because they're both resources, right? Like back in the day, food was essentially just as good as money, essentially. So a nice clean of your fridge and your pantry, anything like that. I realize this is not a sexy, <laughs> not a sexy spell, but they work, especially when you set the intention of, I am cleaning this space and I am wiping all of the stagnant energy in my money and in my home and bringing it outside of it. Now, there are some other simple spells. I did not invent these. These are just ones that have been around for so long. So you can take you can do what's called, it's like a cup of water spell. So you can take a piece of paper and write an amount of money or a feeling or something that you're wanting to manifest, right? And when you write it, really put the intention into it. And when you do that, it means visualize. So close your eyes and imagine having it. Imagine how it feels. Imagine it affecting your five senses in a way. How do, what do you associate with the taste, with the sound, right? So maybe when you have that money, you're thinking about, I'm going to be able to, if it sounds like me blaring my favorite song and having a dance party, right? So you think about whatever that experience feels like. And then you put a cup of water on top of it. And you imagine the energy of whatever you're manifesting, whether that's an amount of money or feeling getting into the water, infusing the water with that, and then you drink it. And so the idea is that by drinking it, you're connecting with the energy of bringing in either that feeling or that amount of money, that kind of thing. So that's a fun one. Another thing I love to do, especially since it's fall right now, it's still autumn and we've got all of the pumpkin spice seasons, like seasonings are in vogue right now, right? They're in season. Those are all abundance herbs. Cinnamon is an abundance herb. So is allspice. So is cloves. A lot of those spices are at least, at least have one property related to financial abundance. So anytime, like say you add a little bit of cinnamon into your coffee in the morning or into your coffee grounds, set the intention where you're thinking about this is going to add this feeling of abundance and that's going to make me attractive, whether it's to money, whether it's to a partner, whether it's to clients and really imagine that coffee being infused with it. It's so much easier than you think. And if you want to get really witchy, 
with it. One of my favorite things, you can use your own personal energy. You take both your hands, rub them together for a little bit until they're warm. And when you pull your hands apart about six inches, well, I don't know what that is in the metric system, but you'll basically pull them apart. And if you can feel a little ball of energy, so slight, it should feel really slight. You'll do that until you feel like a little swirling ball of energy. You imagine that there's actually like energy swirling there. You can take that, put your hands on both sides of your coffee cup, and imagine you putting the power of abundance into that coffee in the morning and or even just like having a nice day, right? So you can do that and really infuse it. And then as you drink it, you can imagine yourself taking on that energy. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that If I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months, and my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious it's like driving a car with a brake on no matter how hard you try you're going to stay stuck where you are if you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you 
once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and old stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. Thank you for being so generous with your spells and I love how simple these things are. And definitely gonna try all of them. It's straight the cinnamon, because I always I'll add a dash of cinnamon to my beverages, but never with that intention. So I'm definitely yeah. going, to, going to try that. And I like how you said that not everything manifests, but you have to set a clear intention. So I'm curious to know that if you were to try these spells, but your intention is not clear or deep down you are skeptical that it's going to work, is that going to sabotage the spell in some way? Not necessarily. It might just fall flat. And that's why my trick, especially in the beginning, is I like to say, focus your manifestation on the feeling. Okay. So rather than saying, oh, I'm going to manifest $10,000. Amazing. Because obviously we would all do that. So I like to say, think about what feeling are you after with that $10,000? What is that representing to you? Is it that you can feel a, a sense of peace and stability in your finances that month? Or is it a sense of accomplishment? Boil it down to like why you really want that. What's the feeling behind it? And focus on manifesting the feeling. So rather than writing $10,000 on that piece of paper to put water on top of, or infusing your coffee with like the intention of like $10,000, go for the feeling because it's a lot easier, especially in the beginning to manufacture that feeling, to manifest a feeling of it. And the emotions really, that's what makes us magnetic to what it is we're trying to attract right? So a lot of times, especially in the beginning, it's way too easy for us to get discouraged, right? So if you go out and you're like, I'm going to manifest $10,000, or I'm going to manifest 
50,000, whatever it is, if you've never made that kind of money before, chances are it's not going to happen. And it's not going to not happen because the spell doesn't work or because you did something wrong. It's just not believable for you. So that's why it's always better in the beginning to start with things that are completely believable, that you're like, oh, that could easily happen. I could easily get that. Because as you start to believe it more and more, you can start stepping up those manifestations and those goals until $10,000 does become believable. And you have no doubt in your minds that you can make that. So I like to say to people, especially if you manifest in waves, so a lot of entrepreneurs will make a ton of money and then they'll not make money for a while. And then they'll make a ton of money and then not make money for a while. Especially if you're in one of those places, rather than trying to aim for the high point of that wave, cut it in half, cut your goal in half, because it's more important for your intentions and your subconscious to feel like what you want is believable. You'll do more damage by setting a much higher goal and not achieving it than setting a goal that's too low and blowing it out of the water. Because if you blow that goal out of the water, you're going to be like, kid stuff. I can do that next month too. So don't be afraid to start small and step it up. That's good advice, especially as someone that made a mistake we always hear me for the unbelievable and then feeling very discouraged it's much easier when you just at the more realistic goals and then when you reach that and more it gives you so much confidence and I also want to talk about how failure is part of entrepreneurship and even this whatever goal you set if you believe it you will get there But along the way, there may be some mistakes, there may be some failures that are just stepping stones to the big goal, right? And I love how you say that your business is based on failure and that you really believe in failing and sharing your failures to be that role model for your clients and for the people in your life. So can you share with us one of your failures and how it set you up for later success? I failed so many times in my business, honestly. Failure is a really important lesson because if you're not risking failure, you're not really taking much of a risk at all. One of my biggest failures was, and this was a little, a little past a year into my business, I was at this point where I had, I'd had a good amount of success teaching people how to start these profitable online businesses. And I wanted to move into from going to, I'd been doing about like six week programs or smaller programs. And then I wanted to launch this six month mastermind on like, you know, start your business and the six months with consistent five figure months, that kind of thing. And I knew that a launch like that was going to take a lot of out of me. So I hired a copywriter and To say this launch flopped is an understatement. It didn't just flop. Not a single person signed up. Not a single person. No one. No one. It was like not even people weren't even clicking on the links. They just like weren't interested. People just did not seem to be into it. And 
I ended up firing that copywriter who was one of my friends before the launch even finished. And she was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. We all felt super weird about it. She's still one of my best friends. We're fine. But at the time, I was just so devastated because I was like, I don't understand. Like I made this huge jump. I hired a business manager and I hired a copywriter and I had less success than I'd had before. I'd had like this massive failure. It was like so bad. I'd written my check for rent and it wound up bouncing. It was so embarrassing. I'd never had that happen before. And what I realized was that it was because I outsourced my magic. The thing I love to do more than anything is write and talk to people. And I outsourced it. And it was the wrong move, but it was a move I needed to make to see that this is potentially my favorite part of business. I can't outsource my favorite part, which is just talking about my life and writing because that's, that's like why I do this. Of course, like it was about a year later where I wound up getting a book deal. Like I ended up getting to that place where I manifested a book deal. And I don't think I would have gotten to that point if I didn't have the realization of just how important writing was to me and writing and being accessible to my audience, whether they work with me or not. So I always try to provide a lot of free training, whether it's in free courses, whether it's free 20 minute calls, I give everybody one who's in my community. And I would not have gotten to that place if I didn't have that massive failure of a launch that showed me this is not something that is replaceable for you. Thank you for being so vulnerable. That is so inspiring. And I, again, I love how you say don't outsource your magic <laughs> as part of that magic source for success you believe in villain energy and being willing to piss people off so can you share more about that please oh my gosh yes that's been like my my favorite topic as of late is that embracing villain energy is something that's really gotten me a lot of success lately because you have to almost recalibrate where you are, right? So, so many of us try to be good people and we try to always be the hero of our own stories, right? And in doing so, what happens is that a lot of times we wind up people pleasing, we wind up watering down our message, we worry about getting canceled, and we tend to criticize the people who make, who who don't do those things, right? Like a big example is, Kanye West, Donald Trump, like these people that we we love to hate because they say such crazy, ridiculous, outlandish, hurtful things. And I have learned that when I follow my judgment of others, when I follow those judgments that tell me that this person is a bad person because of how they're acting or what they're saying, that it's always highlighting something for me that I need more of. And I'm not saying that to lend credibility to anything either of those men have said. One is clearly mentally ill and the other one is very clearly a bigot whom I don't agree with on anything, basically. But what I look at is 
yes, I hate what they say, but some part of me is jealous of their boldness to just say whatever and not care what people think. The fact that they're so careless with their words, of course, lands with me, someone who's very careful with her words and her language. And so when I start pursuing that, when I start looking at these villains and saying, well, maybe I need to be a little bit more careless. Maybe I need to speak my mind a little more. And maybe I need to be a little bit more willing to make some some enemies. What happens is exactly what happens on that grander scheme with these people who are a little unhinged is that you end up developing a following of people who love what you say because you're giving words to what they believe. And the thing is, is that you don't have to say anything mean and you don't have to say anything rude. You can absolutely phrase it that way. The point is that your version of villainhood is never going to touch their version of villainhood. It's never going to swing so far in that direction. What it is going to do is it's going to bring you back to the center because you've spent so long on the people-pleasing side of things that you need to recalibrate. You need to come more toward the villain energy to find a way like that's somewhere in the center. What's funny is that when I started doing this, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm done sugarcoating everything I say. I'm done like having to be so nice all the time. So I decided to start just speaking in tough love. I stopped like saying things kindly. And I will say when I say kindly, I don't mean I was mean, but I mean that I was direct. And I said what I wanted to say, rather than thinking about how can I rephrase this in a way that it's going to be palatable to everybody involved and nobody will be offended. Instead, I just started saying what I meant. And some of that was a little harsh. But every single person I started doing it to was like, wow, thank you for being so direct with me. And they actually started following my advice. I stopped attracting clients who weren't 100% on board. So I may not have attracted as many clients, although for me, it ended up having the opposite effect. I had more clients reaching out to me than I did before because they were like, well, I know you'll hold me accountable. I know that I'm going to get a result with you because you're not going to like let me let you're not going to like not stand up to me. So a lot of times, and that's what I want. That's what I would want from a coach as well. I don't want somebody who's going to blow smoke up my ass. I want somebody who's going to tell me like it is and tell me what my problems are and tell me what I, how I'm holding myself back. So that's the thing I like to tell people. If you look at any kind of villains, even if you look at Disney villains, right? Like a lot of us love the villains, They're hilarious and funny and they're larger than life. And we love them because of those things, right? I think like Cruella DeVille has such a huge following because she's such an interesting, like magnetic character. And she's only that because she doesn't give a fuck what anybody else thinks or what anybody else says, right? Like if you are a character who is hell bent on world domination or having like a Dalmatian coat, right? Like you don't, you naturally are not going to care what anybody else says or thinks. And that's the kind of boldness that you need as an entrepreneur to stand out. So if you can just kind of get behind this idea of like, I'm just going to be a bad girl. I'm going to be a bad person. 
it's going to be so hard for you to actually be a bad person. But what's amazing is that you'll wind up getting better results, better clients. You'll start showing up in your life more authentically and you'll stop stressing so much about how you're received by other people. If you're not afraid to get canceled, then you're not getting, you're not being bold enough. That's such a powerful message. And I do agree we resonate with villains because there is a part of us that wants to be like them, not to be mean or harmful. But again, that's confidence, confidence, the boldness. That is something that a lot of us don't have. And that's why the attraction is there. We often confuse being direct with being mean. But as you say, when people are direct and honest with you, we appreciate that because there is no growth without directness. If you don't tell me what I'm doing wrong, if you don't tell me the truth, which is something that in this day and age, we are all starving for the truth. If no one tells us the truth, then there is no growth. And I have learned, again, by practicing this as a recovery people pleaser, that it's not so much what you say, but it's how you say it. It's, it's your intention and your energy. That if you say some hard things, your intention is good and it comes from a good place and it comes from love. Then the other person is receptive and thankful. So definitely don't be afraid. And the last thing I want to mention is uh, I do believe that if every woman, because I work as well with women who have big hearts, big purposes, they want to do such good in the world. If these women had the confidence of a Donald Trump or a Kanye West, we would be living in a very, very different world because we will be using our gift and our confidence to do so much good in the world. And so again, you don't, you don't have to behave or say the things that they say, but if you can borrow their confidence, then you can do so much good in the world. Right. I think if we had any kind of liberal leader who was willing to say the kind of like bold statements that Donald Trump did, I think we would love it, right? And that's why people love Bernie Sanders so much is because he would just say crazy shit as well. And that's equally polarizing to people who don't believe it, right? That's exactly the point. And I would say, build your own villain, right? Think about all of the things, whether it was when you were a kid and people would say, don't be selfish. You're being really selfish right now, right? Your parents would criticize, parents or caretakers would criticize you with. So you're so lazy, right? We, a lot of people got that one. Don't be lazy. Don't be selfish. Take all of these words, all of these things that you've been afraid to be and flip it on its head. Try to be those things rather than avoiding them being, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be perceived as lazy. I want to be perceived as hardworking and a giver. Flip it on its head and try to be the things that you've been pushing away. And you will be shocked at how much progress you make when you are no longer afraid to be labeled with those terms. That's when you really reach a level of freedom that you couldn't have gotten before. I really think that the, the thing that we just avoid is actually our superpower. <laughs> if we allow yes. ourselves to lean into it. 
Right. It's the supervillain power, right? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You can't pursue world domination without being a little bit selfish. It's the same thing, right? Think about how many people who are afraid to be perceived as selfish are also afraid to sell their services. They're also afraid to take money from people. They're also afraid to take a favor when it's thrown their way. They're afraid to take a compliment because they're trying so hard not to be perceived as selfish. When in actuality, you need to be a little bit selfish to be successful. Sometimes being selfish is a good thing. You don't want to be somebody who's selfless to the point that you're a doormat or that people take advantage of you, right? So it's impossible to be completely selfless all the time. If you decide I'm going to actively try being selfish, watch how much your life changes. I had a client who told me, because I, I had given this advice in a group program and with somebody who'd been trying to navigate this job, this toxic job for like so long. And finally, I said, why don't you just try getting fired? If you hate it, I'm not saying do anything illegal. I'm not saying go in and like do something atrocious. Just don't do your job as well and stop doing the jobs of other people. Like go in and try to get fired by doing the bare minimum. See how little you can do at this job and just get fired. Then you'll get a nice little unemployment fund to focus on your business. And then this other client had said to me, I literally tried that when I had a call center job. She was, she said, and after a month I got promoted because they said <laughs> I was being so assertive. They were like, wow, you show such management capability. <laughs> wow. Sometimes you can actually have unexpected consequences. But exactly, I, I, right? I completely agree with what you said. If you are scared of selling or putting yourself out there, then who are you going to benefit? You're so scared of being selfish, but in the end, you end up being selfish because you are not really helping people that you're meant to help. You're not doing the work that you are here to do. Exactly. Uh, I could talk to you for hours, Jesse, but I want to be mindful of your time. So is there anything else you would like to mention before we wrap up? I feel like we got to talk so much. I have Gemini rising, so I could talk all day. Like <laughs> I love talking. Anybody who's got questions on any of this, like I'm pretty responsive to my audience. So you can come find me on all the social media platforms. I'm always happy to answer questions and I will have a book out next year. So next year I'll have The Witch's Way to Wealth will be out in September, 2023. So keep a lookout for that. Oh, amazing. Definitely will. And maybe you can come back as well and share that with us when it's out. And of course we will put all the links to social media where people can find you in the show notes below. And thank you so much for being here. It's been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.